0: Father as himself, of course, but I began to think of him also as a kind of man, standing in thematic opposition to a man of an entirely different kind. And I could see finally that between these two kinds, there was a failure of imagination that was ruinous, that belongs indelibly to our history, and that has continued growing worse into our own time. The term imagination, in what I take to be its truest sense, refers to a mental faculty that some people have used and thought about with the utmost seriousness. The sense of the verb to imagine contains the full richness of the verb to see. To imagine is to see most clearly, familiarly, and understandingly with the eyes, but also to see inwardly with the mind's eye. It is to see not passively, but with a force of vision, and even with a visionary force. To take it seriously, we we must give up at once, Any notion that imagination is disconnected from reality or truth or knowledge, it has nothing to do either with clever imitation or with dreaming up. I will say from my own belief and experience that imagination thrives on contact, on tangible connection.
1: You hear that, Mark? Imagination thrives on contact. Matchcast episode. Not sure because this is uh, we're recording this on June 16th, 2016. But uh, you know, it's it's, a, it's one to have in the canon for when we're both on vacation. <laughs> Stop recording. Oh, you're eating. <laughs> you're still eating. I
2: don't have my headphones on. <laughs> Back in the flash. What? And we're back. That was, um... I still have a little bit of food in my mouth, which is a recurring theme on the podcast, but no.
1: It's a fellow Southern gentleman.
2: Wendell E. Berry, noted poet, essayist, novelist, farmer, and conservationist. Delivered... I
1: I was just going to add straight up badass to that list.
2: That's all. Delivered the 2012 Jefferson Lecture in the Humanities on Monday, April 23rd, 2012.
1: Jefferson Lecture Series established 1972. Did you miss
2: it? Monday, April 23rd, 2012, at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. The annual lecture sponsored by the National Endowment for the Humanities is the most Prestigious? Prestigious. Prestigious honor the federal government bestows for distinguished intellectual achievement in the humanities. We heard a little excerpt there up at the top from Wendell's
1: epic. Game changing um,
2: essay, which you can read online also delivered as a lecture. It all turns on affection. This is the second in our how to live series. Part one was Uh, Dr. Wallace. This is water. David Foster Wallace, you can go back and listen to that magic in episode...
1: It's episode
2: 66-ish. Nailed it. 66. We're going to spend today with you talking about Wendell's Berries.
1: Here we are. We're going to take a taste of Wendell's Berries.
2: We're going to fondle the berries.
1: Stop it. You started it, pluralizing <laughs> and, Barry, Come on. and
2: I stopped it. Look at you. So the first time I, I he delivered this lecture, I was still a new hope. I read it, oh, it just wrapped attention. I'm Very sure. long, long, deep. Long. Takes your full faculty. Uh, what I know of
1: you from working in an office with you is you are happy to check out and read something for an hour when there's other stuff that needs to be done. So well played,
2: well done. And I think the next day. I had my first, uh, I think it was the first time I'd had coffee with uh, Mr. Buguski, Alex Bogusky. Oh, do oh, you want to pick that up? You dropped a name. I did drop a name. Shared this with him. I don't know if he ever read it, but this was my gift to him when we had coffee. Read this. Oh He said something, something about Have like... Have you added him to
1: the newsletter list yet? Because oh, I should do that. This would be the time to do it, Mark. Well, not right now, but in the future when we release this episode, make sure he's on there.
2: I'm going to make a mental note. That's me making a mental note. So I gave Mark, him this, and, it, and, and all I remember was we had a conversation, and I was like, this is kind of what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And there was some moment where... Where he was he, like, he did said you like, feed my ferrets yet? No, he said, I'll bet I'll bet he's cried alone in the woods or something like that. There was this theme of people that are deep thinkers end up sort of... Crying alone in the woods? In despair <laughs> about certain things. But then they come back from it.
1: I told you about my creative writing teacher at Adams State College, Mr. Cooper, whose dream... Or no, Mr. Foster. He looked like C. Everett Coop. That's from episode 50-something, probably. But his dream was to know when the end was near it, and he wanted to wander into the woods and lean against a tree and be devoured way. by wolves. Yep, you told me that. And thrust directly back into the ecosystem okay. as wolf shit.
2: I couldn't figure out how you would pull that off, but I, it's a noble and romantic goal. I don't well, know. I don't know. Take some sleeping pills. How do you know you're going to get ate by wolves? You might just get nibbled to death by squirrels and chipmunks. That's true. You can't control. Are
1: wolves like sharks? Are they attracted to blood? Could you like slash your arm or something?
2: Aren't there like three wolves in the entire western United States? That's
1: the other problem. You'd have to find a, a place where wolves hadn't been completely You're going to have to get a plane ticket. Yeah. Fly to Alaska. But boys are going to be worth it. So what you want you? know to know
2: li- how to live life? I'll tell you how to live life. It's simple. Well,
1: you know what spurred this talk on? Be a on? sticker, not a boomer. He's talking about a tobacco grower who went all fucking agro uh, capitalist and fucked Duke? shit up for the farmers. Duke. James something? P? Of Duke. James B. Duke of J- Duke University.
2: An industrialist, a capitalist, a monopolist. So many ists.
1: He quotes another great thinker whose name I forgot to jot down in separating all of humanity into two camps. You got your boomers. Wallace Stegner. And you got your stickers. Come on, Wallace Stegner. Wallace Stegner, boomers and stickers.
2: Another Southern intellectual literaryist Whose name you remembered to write down. You didn't just pull that from memory. I know this. I've read those. Bullshit. I am steeped in it. The
1: boomers, they pillage and run. Don't you remember my bare feet? Pillage and run. The stickers, those who settle and love the life they have made.
2: Now, in this... Uh... The, pill- the boomers don't just pillage and run, right? They're all about movement, mobility, up the, the assumption that it's always upward and better. Mm-hmm. You're always on the go. You're looking... Well, he says it. He says uh, they want to, according to Stegner, make a killing and end up on Easy Street. Yep. Not stickers. They settle. Stickers settle.
1: And they love the life they had made. I like that passage right there. I what feel like that's Natchcast, man. Is, is I'm it? loving the life we've made on this couch.
2: <laughs> I, I think we strive to that. I don't know if we're there. Because we're, we're, we're living inching. in a boomer world. Mm-hmm. We're living in the big boomer city of Denver, Colorado. Woo. Boomtown. So
1: Barry. Boomtown up in Boulder. Is visiting Duke University at some point. Well, so standing in the shadow of this statue of, of James B. Duke. And it kind of dawns on him that, like, how diametrically opposed this man is. From his grandfather Well my Someone who controls remotely from afar And doesn't give a shit About the people that his choices Like affect That's a boomer
2: Isn't it Couldn't Don't Any Whether you listen to Well there'll be notes There'll be links in the uh, show doc Sign up to the newsletter Oh yeah Hi at Natch.is We might have have added a button by then 303-548-6877 We'll get you on there Oh yeah Um whether you listen to this or read it, isn't like every freaking line in it quotable? Pretty much. It's this very dense and wrought understanding of life. And it's almost as if he was the a The modern poet. condition is <laughs> Right. So be a, be a sticker, not a boomer. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. It's hard to do. I, don't, I think the whole system is trying to make you
1: boom. Well, that's what reading this essay it's or watching him boom, read it...
2: Boom, 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 boom.
1: That's what it hammered into my head. Is like, as much as I would love you're to be, look
2: at you. You're more of a sticker. You stuck. I, right I want out. to be
1: a sticker, but what he points out is like, it's really hard to be a sticker in this mad, mad world. It's mad, mad, it's mad baby.
2: Here's our outro karaoke right there.
1: Well, that's a, what song?
2: Mad world. That's some sort of. <laughs> oh, the Donnie Darko song The fragile
1: singing Happy birthday
2: Donnie Darko, God I, I had not seen that movie I went to work at Dining Out You were probably there And he was like, oh, it was amazing I watched it I'd had a bad burrito oh, okay. A few hours before from Qdoba Got violently ill Right as that movie ended Had a bad taste in my mouth ever since. So as the jet
1: engine plummets from the sky, your burrito was plummeting from your racked colon.
2: Pretty crazy movie. It's
1: all right. I feel like that movie uh, wanted to ask more questions than it actually did.
2: It was deep and all that. It didn't deliver like It All Turns on Affection by Wendell Berry. It All Turns on Affection brings it, homie masterful piece of work so he is clearly an intellectual he he opens it with the E.M. forster Howard end stuff brings that back at the end he's got the story of his his grandfather who's the grandfather's father's 19- tobacco farm tobacco crop from 1906 and the way that he remembered does he remember it well i think there was a hard rain that it. kind
1: of messed up his crop right and it kind of set no, off a
2: not yeah, not at the beginning that. yeah no this story is about where he goes to sell the harvest and it's sort of this moment of joy, and everybody's excited. But then he comes back later that night with nope, not a penny in his pocket. Well, you right? drank it all away? <laughs> God, have you read this? I listened to it. He came home that evening, as my father later would put it, without a dime. After the crop had paid its transportation to market and the commission on its sale, there was nothing left. Thus began my father's lifelong advocacy, later my brother's and my own, and now my daughter's and my son's. For small farmers and for land-conserving economies. Yep, I remember that. So he came back without a penny in his pocket because of James B. Duke. John B. Duke. Duke.
1: John James B. Dukey is more like it.
2: I almost went to Duke. My turd. dad went to Duke. He Not anybody he went to be Duke.
1: ashamed of himself.
2: <laughs> He's listening.
1: Is he? Of course. Right on, Mr. Brush. <laughs> Got a problem with Duke? Not really. I'm sure he had a top-notch education. I don't think he was a
2: monopolist. No.
1: Raping and pillaging nice. the
2: small land hold- landholders He doesn't strike Carolina. me as a
1: pillager. He doesn't seem like he wakes to pillage Back on. in
2: 1906. Mainly because he
1: wasn't Although born. he did want you to become like a hedge fund manager, right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. He wanted... He no, wanted, not, not probably
2: not. That's too hard. He wanted
1: to watch as your soul evaporated. <laughs> <laughs> he learned that at Duke. Oh, let's start talking about your mom. You already did last episode.
2: <laughs> what do you mean, last episode? You I don't like froth
1: on her milk. Oh, on episode 69,
2: 68. It's all awash in the, in the wand- laundry. It is. It is a great oddity that a corporation, which proper. This is my. I have a few notes here. Lay them us. This is what it's like to live inside a suicide. Yeah, it, is. it is a great oddity that a corporation, which, properly speaking, has no self, is by definition selfish, responsible only to itself. This is an impersonal, abstract selfishness, limitlessly acquisitive, but unable to look so far ahead as to preserve its own sources and supplies. I wonder if this... The selfishness of the fossil fuel industries by nature is self-annihilating, but so always has been the selfishness of the agribusiness corporations. Land, as Wes Jackson has said, has thus been made as exhaustible as oil or coal. Sulfur—you can't cease- You can't think far enough ahead to protect the own raw material by which you make the money. No, industrialization is slow suicide. Slow suicide. Suicide is, is
1: painless. It takes on many brings changes, on. Brings on. and I can
2: take or leave, leave it, it I if I try something.
1: I performed that song on trumpet once with the Branson Family Band. Just
2: FYI, I don't know if that. <laughs> Look at you with a little notepad. That's the depth of thoughts right there. get a little notepad.
1: There's a lot of pages in here. <laughs> oh, you and your fancy little document. I
2: made timestamps. Uh, maybe I'll leave all beep, these. Beep, in this. I'm gonna leave these in the show notes. So people can read these quotes. Sometimes we pull out the quotes.
1: Yeah, but hey, this is- brush has an eagle eye for the best content. So. so I'm glad you liked this. You were into this one. Sure did. It's deep stuff. Deep it stuff. explains why everything's wrong. It does. It explains it a, how to fix in it. In a very grand uh, and humbling and kind of terrifying poetic way. Wraps it all up for you. Yes. That we are, yeah, killing ourselves for nothing. Hmm. For something that will die out. And he talks a lot about sustainability. Yeah. I think I brought this up in episode 68. As we were talking about Edna Lewis and her book, uh the taste of country cooking of, of a kind. These two, I'm sure they are because she talks about like having an intimate relationship with the land that she worked oh. and her family worked and they grow all their food and they know exactly when to pick the dandelions to make their wine. And they know when everything will be at peak flavor and peak nutritional value. Eh, they don't know that, but you're right. Whatever. But they're living. They're a part of their ecosystem. And Wendell Berry talks about the only way that we can get to true sustainability you, just you have to accept the fertility cycle, the law of returns. And the culture cycle. The culture cycle is one of sharing stories, which is what Taste of Country Cooking is all about. Nicely it's about done. passing down Nicely stories. Done. Nicely so there you done. go. That's the cultural cycle. You have to give a shit about what older people have to say.
2: There is a, there's a respect for the process of aging and imparting wisdom back down. We've, that is that maybe that's fun. been absent from Western culture since day one
1: well it was a goddamn shame you don't see that as much in European cultures like most other cultures in the world respect older people and want to hear what they have to say might be going away there too as they're more interested in playing angry birds on their dumb fucking phones
2: you never know that's what uh, the, our just daunting. And speaking of that, the intellectual fortitude he brings to, to every problem we face. He, to, he like takes care of sustainability in like a paragraph. It's like, boom, this is, yeah, this is with sustainability You're yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. I've been, having, I've been having wrapping my mind around that one. That was tough. You got it.
1: He also makes this great point, too, about how we think humans think that they're so big and global and powerful and capable of all this stuff. And then he talks about, like, really, we're just local creatures. We can barely handle.
2: Well, let's hold on and let him speak.
1: Oh, you got the timestamp?
2: Yeah, I do. Okay, well, hold on. We'll
0: prepared. What? That we live now in an economy that is not sustainable is not the fault only of a few mongers of power and heavy equipment. We all are implicated. We all, in the course of our daily economic life, consent to it, whether or not we approve of it. This is because of the increasing abstraction and unconsciousness of our connection to our economic sources in the land, the land communities, and the land use economies. In my region and within my memory, for example, human life has become less creaturely and more engineered, less familiar, and more remote from local places, resources, pleasures, and associations. Our knowledge, in short, has become increasingly statistical. Statistical knowledge once was rare. It was a property of the minds of great rulers, conquerors, and generals. People who succeeded or failed by the manipulation of large quantities that remained to them unimagined, because unimaginable. Good old Barry.
2: Merely accountable quantities of land, treasure, people, soldiers, and workers. This is the sort of knowledge we now call data, or facts, or information. Dude, Hates statistics. He wants to
1: kick statistics in the dick. Did you notice that?
2: I'm not sure he's a big fan of big data or a nope. big fan of food
1: tech. You just want to put that sound nope. in the sound queue? I okay. just made it up. You know what he talks about, though? Besides James B. Duke. To hear. Oh, here's a question I wrote to hear, down.
2: Let's finish this. Hold put, on. Let's real put a quick. bow on this one. Okay. Bow it up. <laughs> so, so, I call this the big data fuck off. To hear of a th- this is so true, mm. I feel this mm-hmm. in the modern condition. To hear of a thousand deaths in war is terrible, and we know that it is. But as it registers on our hearts, it is not more terrible than one death fully imagined. T- That's
1: that. because imagination thrives on connection. You need to be connected to someone who dies to
2: know Here's how th- shitty it is. Got some statistics here. Grief, you. Uh, Yep, Wallace Stevens wrote that imagination applied to the whole world is vapid in comparison to imagination applied to a detail. He likes deep thinkers named Wallace. I wonder how he feels about Wallace and Gromit. Uh, maybe all the W's. hmm Here's my Faulkner? question. I bet you there's some Faulkner a William in there.
1: Here's my question for you. Where is the Sanders-Berry ticket?
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd be a kill of
1: a ticket. It'd be hard to tell them apart. <laughs>
2: Well, one of them is older. Well, until they
1: talked. You're talking no, you about are. George
2: Sanders? Saunders. Oh, Bernie Sanders. Sanders, oh, dude. I was thinking George Saunders for some reason. Yeah, no, no, no. Sanders. I was like, that's a hell of a ticket. George Saunders, like a Buddhist compassion, and Wendell Berry, a conservationist poet? No, I'm, I'm saying Bernie Sanders. The first sign of conflict across the globe, we'd be toast, but that's fine. Wendell Berry. That's I'm in. And
1: Bernie Sanders. Good ticket. That's a change you can believe in right there. If good. they if they live long enough to affect it, good note. Um, incomplete accounting. I wrote that. There's a big asterisk by it. I don't know why. I thought that was so important.
2: And a full accounting of what it costs to make stuff would uh, shame us. Sure would. That we are all. That's that's the hardest part, right? We're all complicit in this, and I think there's been great strides made in sort of purposeful consumption. You know, you, you power of your wallet, what you buy, especially with food impacts the way it's made yeah.
1: <laughs> here's what happens dude but statistics drown out common
2: sense it's that's why it's still hard you yeah. wake up and it's like 40 people shot in this nightclub 200 people died over here you're like eh, i'm gonna go, oh I'm gonna go back to bed wait a minute i gotta go brush my teeth take my kids to school
1: yeah i mean you can hide in your hole most of the time i try you can stick you can be a sticker curl up in your own little hole but man, you wouldn't want to run away from that problem. The information age is just there to get you. As soon as you peek out
2: of the hole, something bad's happened. That damn phone! It's all those hashtags on Instagram you keep putting on the posts. That's your
1: insistence. Yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> there's this also. There's sick notion that land ownership implies the right to destroy that land, right, Mark?
2: Land ownership? What?
1: We've perverted the the uh, notion no, of, if you of own- land ownership. We're not stewards. That's, that's a symptom of the industrial age. It's like you assume if you own a piece of land, you're, you're welcome to do whatever you want to. it. You can destroy its ecosystem. You can mm,
2: ruin it. And you're, make, you're close. No, I'm pretty you, sure that's exactly what if he you says. O- no, but if you own... A small family farm, mm-hmm. you're incentivized to protect and, and you believe that it's going to be in your family for generations. You're, protect, you're incentivized right, to protect it. If you own it. stock, you've given away control. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that's too much of what's happened. Agribusiness has gotten very big, just which this, is a ding on organic as well. It's just a perfect version. Of we still the have solve of small. We need to be solving small so that you're connected and affected
1: that's what's gonna happen when the when the, uh, when the pig virus wipes ninety percent of us Jesus. out. Well, the, those of us who are left are gonna be living in little communities, probably much like Edna Lewis's, uh, like Freetown. You know, you got the the grandfather in the center, and I feel a little bit like a out sticker. Around.
2: But it's it's a different it's a because I, le- I, I was born on the East Coast and now I live in the mountainous You're West. In Denver, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In like, other words, I, I pursued mobility, but then I didn't pursue it, I think, in, in, a, in, a, in a boomery way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I pursued it in the search of a,
1: a desire to stick. Ah! Yeah, neither of us seem super eager to...
2: But I still wish I... go pillage and a run. Ra- let's go get a ranch up in North... Come on. That'd be fun. There was a whole article, this. I think I tweeted it out, about like the beauty of living on a ranch in Northern Colorado. I'm like, are you kidding me? What are we doing? We could do this. We could. Could, we could sit around and do podcasts about how to live life with affection. Yeah, I don't know. Would our wives join us on that journey? God, the problem is it's like you're always trapped in this thing. And that, that, that implies to me that you're not wholeheartedly in sync with it. You're not. A, the affection cycle is broken somewhere. Not with my kids, <laughs> hopefully. Oh, for them? The next generation?
1: Well, they spend a lot of time with their elders. Unfortunately, no one's teaching them how to churn butter. But uh, what the hell are you going to do, man? How do you even prepare kids for this fucked world? I don't know. You're mm-hmm. not alone in that one. I'm feeling a little confused. You brought them into it. I'm, I'm teaching them based on things that I
2: was taught. Based oh, on don't parents do trying that. to prepare
1: me. Well, in part. I'm sure you too are, too. Too much
2: sticking in that. You need to get more booming in them.
1: Nah, I want them to stick.
2: I know.
1: <laughs> but part of that is... is I want them to just figure out what they what makes them happy and make a life of that, you know. Not.
2: Uh, well, I think that's happening.
1: Money and power.
2: I think the chase is is, is is has grown less attractive, but the question is, what are they going to fill it with? Is it going to be just sort of a reconnection to communities and families and cooking and? That'd be oh, good. That would be great. I'll take that. That's why this guy's so amazing, and that's what. Okay, I won't bring that up. That's why. What what, <laughs> what? what can't you bring up? That's a studio clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's top secret. Part of a sizzle reel. We can't. Yeah.
1: Man, you want to drop that? I want to so drop bad. it so bad. So bad. Like me no, and McGusky were just uh, he, no rapping,
2: just shooting the breeze. It's, it's isn't it? It's hilarious to sort of see somebody win such a prestigious award, who's essentially kind of arguing for you know, let's homemaking and cooking. And, and like nesting. small farming and you should know how to like handle everything in your life and be okay with it and not stressed out about it in these That's little the specialized clumps that we get well yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that it's, it's you in you're episode living in 68 Look, bro you. we're talking
1: about the taste of country cooking you're like oh this life seems hard I'm like yeah it's hard but it's not like our lives are easy i well, mean they're easy in a sense they're easy in that we don't have to worry about starving necessarily but
2: we have to worry about our hearts
1: exploding in our chest
2: because we're so stressed out. I think it's hard because we're swimming upstream on it, whereas there you've got a whole community that's bought into it. Yeah. There's no whole community to buy into it here. No. Unless you go to Boulder because you got $4 billion. And I want to change the world now.
1: Are you dogging on the man who you were just like bragging about having no, coffee it's with? No, like the town. Not the man. The town. Is the town the man? I don't
2: think so. Is
1: Bogo the Duke of Boulder?
2: He's a smart guy. I should, we should go have coffee with him again. I'll ask, should I ask him? Yeah, sure. I'm not bringing you. <laughs> Look at, ooh, Boomtown! I just
1: said, yeah, I'd have coffee with him. Right. But not if I'm not invited, Mark. That's fine, too. Hey, you know what I got
2: here? Case of the crabs, what? Knowledge without affection leads us astray every time. Affection leads, by way of good work, to authentic hope. That's some big language. The factual knowledge in which we seem more and more to be placing our trust, the fact these fucking statistics, leads only to hope of the discovery, endlessly deferrable of an ultimate fact or smallest particle that at last will explain everything. What is that? Tardigrades. Kepler track. Oh, that's humping a one, bum. <laughs> one big logic, Johannes Kepler. Yeah. The search for the answer.
1: The search for that Willing tramp <laughs> under the train tracks. That's a callback. He also does some wonderful personification of Mother Nature, kind of describing her. Like if basically, if you heed her her example, you you can like live sustainably and kind of live happily forever. But if you lat, like piss in her eye, she's gonna fuck you up. Mm. And we've been pissing in that eye for an awful long time. A lot of piss. And not that big an eye. The eye is swimming in piss and would like us to stop.
2: I think most, most everyone would like that to stop. <laughs> that whole entire bit. All right, well, hold on.
1: I got something else for you. I'm going to pause because
2: I'm going to cue this up.
0: But we're now betting our lives on quantities that far exceed all our powers of comprehension. We believe that we have built a perhaps limitless power of comprehension into computers and other machines, but our minds remain as limited as ever. Our trust that machines can can manipulate to humane effect quantities that are unintelligible and unimaginable to humans is incorrigibly strange.
1: There you go. AI buddy,
2: Natchcasts TK, whisper in your lover's ear, text the SoundHawk three zero three five four eight six eight seven seven,
1: and that's Wendell Berry talking artificial intelligence. Wendell Berry, UX practitioner.
2: What doesn't he know? He knows it all because he's got the whole he's got the underlying groundwork system thinking figured out. He's got it.
1: Even as I was soup to nuts in the UX game. You know, being <laughs> dazzled by all the creation, all the design, all the whiz bang, all the we're just making the world a better oh, place. Man, you, I remember one those days user at a time when
2: you were souped to nuts in the UX. Yeah, game. but even
1: then, I still was like, it's still a little weird that we're all just so eager to hand it all over to computers.
2: Yeah, well, if the guy doesn't like statistics, he's not going to like AI. No,
1: I'm with him though. Which I'm is like, why
2: you're not going to like food tech.
1: Fuck AI. He's
2: seen Terminator. He knows that Skynet's
1: coming. You don't want to mess with that kind of shit.
2: Well, that's, we, somewhere in here is the notion that we've, we've our ability to do damage to ourselves has grown so significant that it's like... That now we want computers to damage us. Well, that we're we, masochists. We were putting faith in things that can help us keep us safe from
1: ourselves. We're just going to put on the gimp suit, zipper our mouths shut, and hand the bullwhip to computers, huh? Where do you think that's going to get us? Chafed. Wendell? <laughs> Chafed on our berries for
2: sure. I think he ends with a tiny bit of hope. Not really. I mean, he has some good points about, you know, the arts aren't, humanities and the arts, these aren't dirty words, these are the most important skills we can teach people, it matters, and that the economics, the true economy, knowing how to manage your household, that should be an art, not the kind that, you know, big data statistics. But I don't, didn't get a lot of like, that will be all right at the end. Nope. Nope. (laughs) I didn't get a lot of... Here's how we get out of this. Nope. It's kind of like there's this... More like winter is coming. He says it. He says it. He says it. I wish I could find 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 it. Yeah, yeah. Boomer. Boomer names a kind of person and a kind of ambition that is the major theme so far of the history of the European races in our country. Sticker names a kind of person and also a desire that is so far a minor theme of that history but a theme persistent enough to remain significant and to offer still a significant hope Natchcast.
1: yeah episodes okay. something
2: what can we do here's what you talk do. talk about it proselytize it wait what is tell this part of all our all you people part of our how to live series we're telling you how to live we're channeling the masters here's how you live david foster wallace
1: told us to To be more aware, be more present, and be more empathetic to the strife, the everyday, the the Mm. mundane, crushing strife that each one of us is going through. The repetitive. To remind yourself that you're not the only one who hates waiting in line. Daily
2: life. That that is the the exact moment in which you can see a miracle.
1: Yeah, you can say. Actually, I'm probably I might be the luckiest person in here. I need to I need to turn that frown upside down. And uh, and you know, from Wendell, dude, again, live in the moment. Eh. Allow your imagination to thrive
2: by being in close contact with others, by sharing that affection. I think it's about people. By nurturing that. It's about a human scale, something you can actually understand and process. If it gets too big, it's meaningless. Your brain's not equipped for it. And from that, from that sort of strong affection to your, whatever's nearby to you, what's important. From all that, good things flow.
1: Yeah. You got to step out of the boxes. And step into the fertility wheel and the cultural cycle. The, oh, cu- the cultural cycle and the fertility cycle. Get
2: into that fertility wheel. I'm going to call it the fertility wheel. Once you wheel. get into that fertility wheel, the I recommend culture, you
1: never get out. But one important thing. You'll know you're in it. There's a disclaimer about these wheels. Because it's going around and around and you're liking it. They're going around and around, but they're rotating in place. They don't change. They're not about progress. Right. In a sense. And they're not about stasis either. They're about existence. Renewal.
2: That's- life. And Natchcast. Because a thing is going strong now, he opens with this quotation from E.M. Forster. And we we will close with this quotation. You're welcome. So make it real throaty and good. (laughs) (laughs) Because a thing is going strong. I don't know how to make it throaty and good. Because 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 a thing is going (laughs) strong? Because a thing is going strong now, it need not go strong forever, Margaret said. This craze for motion has only set in during the last hundred years. It may be followed by a civilization that won't be a movement because it will rest upon the earth. We'll be back next week with Food News. Poetry,
0: no title, begins as such. Ooh, 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 Ooh-ooh. ooh, ooh, paragraph for paragraph, they went seven nights a week. Mealworms in
2: the sawdust, Scrounging for the light, even if it was from the refrigerator, and they were the bait. Sullen, wet brows, looking for the last sliver of light. It was the hollows of the passionate familiarity. The kind in which one finds themselves broken of the will to break their skin onto the sunlight. And even the sunlight peeks out on jealous and confused. Confused to the whole one-time, two-time, exponential spin. Spin that has the mother of the world uniting and asking, Is it yours, my blood? Shall we find the vein? past injustice,
0: who <laughs> belongs to this. I can begin on the snowy lines of aerosols. <laughs> Par- <Parasols. laughs> <laughs> 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 no.